Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Learn from the expert, free land education, guys. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant with the United Country Real Estate, Sutton Properties, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, who's one of our agents who's not here today. She's out. I tell you, this market's crazy. They're about, about run us to death, but she's uh, she's making money. So we'll, we'll go with the show. We're going to have a great show today for you. Uh, buying and selling homes, land or farms in western Piedmont, North Carolina, or southern Virginia, just give us a shout. Hey, we'll help you out. Our office is at 102 East Main Street, next to BB&T Bank, in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Our company website is www.allsuttonproperties.com. That's A-L-L-S-U-T-T-O-N, properties.com. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff, members, and, uh, and members. And our national website is www.rlilan.com. Hey, buying or selling land, you want to go to a land expert, and we are the land experts in the United States. So it doesn't matter where you are, uh, go to that website. You'll find one of our members and, uh, and uh, guarantee you you'll either save money if you're buying or you'll make more if you're selling because we are the land folks. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Buying or selling land, LandHub is the place to be. Just a program note, Dr. Barbie's Ask the Doctor show will now follow this show and will air at 10 a.m. So make sure you stay tuned. Dr. Barbie always has something of interest. Hey, our guest today is Kyle Hansen. He's a credited land consultant auctioneer with the Hirsch Management Group in Iowa. They cover Nevada and Missouri. Welcome, Kyle. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate buddy. being on, Lou. Oh, yeah. Hey, you. Uh, where are you calling from? Calling in from Nevada, Iowa, Nevada. at our corporate headquarters. Nevada, is that how you say it? Not Nevada? The correct, Nevada. Nevada. Spelled the same, just pronounced different. Oh, you guys, you want to be special, don't you? <laughs> hey, we got to have our little piece of uh, the earth the way we want it. Yes, sir. We want to talk today about the, the, the Hertz uh, uh, organization. Uh, third generation now, is that is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's been in the family uh, for 75 years now and continues to get passed through, and um, leadership continues to be part of the Hertz family. Wow. And, uh, and of course, uh, you uh, being our 2020 National RLI president, and congratulations, appreciate all the work, and, and your board and our staff has done for our members. Uh, I tell you, it just, it just gets better and better. But you guys, uh, you guys had a stellar year. Uh, with the virus and all the stuff going on, you know, we were planning to have our annual land conference uh, down in uh, Texas. And uh, with the virus, we had to, like in what, what uh, four or five days, switch it to a virtual? Yeah, it was, uh, it was about a week. We might have had 10 days there to uh, switch to an entire virtual conference. Uh, staff worked extremely hard to get that all done. And we ended up having one of the largest, um, you know, uh, attendance because of being virtual we had the ability to open it up to other people that couldn't travel we had uh, 600 attendees Is that at right? this year's land conference that was all virtual that's crazy yeah because usually it's around the high 300s or low 400s you know less than the last four or five years i guess uh, that's that's uh, i never heard the statistic uh, that's that's great and by the way for for those uh, out there in the listening audience um when we are uh, having events, Realtors Land Institute, uh, and we're 70, what, 77, 78 years old, uh, about as long as Hertz Corporation, uh, you're welcome to be part of it. You don't have to be a real estate or a real estate agent, uh, even to take our 10 courses, and they're online and, of course, live courses when we can do it. So uh, welcome to, uh, to join us and uh, be part, of it, especially if you're a land investor, a uh, farm investor, uh, just want to uh, hang out with the, with the with the landman and the landladies, because we, we're probably, in my opinion, the best group of folks uh, in the realtors in industry. So, hey, let me tell you a little bit about uh, you, Kyle. Do you mind? I'm going to be a little braggadocious, okay? Go right ahead, sir. Uh, you joined Farm Hertz Farm Management 
or Hertz Real Estate Services. Those are two separate organizations within the organization, right? That's correct. Yep, we've got a couple different divisions. Um, so Hertz Farm Management is our main one, and Hertz Real Estate is uh, just with under that umbrella. Sister company. And you joined around 2007, and that's when I met you and your beautiful family uh, at one of our land conferences, which is like a, a family reunion we have every year. I mean, I, I hate we can't get together because that's, that's, I think, in, since I've been a member since 98, uh, uh, of course, we used to do it at the National. Uh, we broke out and did our own. But um, uh, I don't think I've missed but maybe four or maybe five at the most uh, land conferences. It's, it's, it's on my calendar, and I make sure I'm there and have. And just it's a highlight of my year being with you guys and learning more uh, about land. But uh, uh, you guys expanded into uh, Nevada, <laughs> Iowa, uh, but you're saying it different, right? Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. That's okay. just fine. Right. Either way, we will still answer. I understand. <laughs> uh, office there in the agriculture, real estate sales, and farm brokerage, and you also became an auctioneer in 2009. H how has that helped your business personally? Well, personally, it's really helped out. Um, at that time, land values were starting to increase, and it was difficult to actually establish a a good listing price uh, because we had people that were taking properties off the shelf as soon as they were listed and at or even above listing price, which is always a good problem. So the auctioneer, the auctioning of farmland actually became a very valuable tool because it leaves the open upside potential of how high people want to bid. It's entirely up to them. And uh, it really benefited our clients. Um, you know, the best. We've had sales that we would have thought uh, should have stopped at, you know, eight or $10,000 an acre, and we would sell them for, you know, 15 to 20% above that just because of the motivation of the buyers. That was an interesting time because, uh, you know, like the, I said, the land conference is an opportunity to spend with our family, but also to uh, see what's going on in the market. And uh, something unique that we do uh, that I'm real proud of as we do uh, haves and wants, uh, we have a section of our two-and-a-half-day conference where uh, our members uh, can uh, highlight uh, one of their listings for two to three minutes with visuals or whatever they want, handouts. And then we have another session of buyers I want. I'm looking for, you know, 200 acres or 500, whatever it is. And it's crazy. Uh, I can't remember since we started this uh, as part of our program uh, that we did not identify at least one billion, that's one B, billion dollars worth of potential sales. I mean, that's crazy within like a one-hour session. And, and a great percentage of that actually, uh, actually consummated. So um, that's always fun to see, see what's out there. But what I thought was interesting, Kyle, during that period of time, uh, you know, 08, 09, 10, 11, 12, uh, each year, uh, we we talk to our, our uh, farm belt guys, and you know they say, well, you know the auction it just brought eight thousand acre, and then the next year, well, it brought ten, and the next year, well, it brought twelve, and you know, you, I, we actually you could watch it escalating uh, uh, in our conferences each year. So uh, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, auctioning too uh, in your presentation today, and maybe uh, segment that as to a traditional list sale versus an auction and uh, and why that's important if you'd like to do that because you're you're good at it so you joined, yeah, no, that'd be great you joined um, uh, RLI in uh, 2008 and uh, you you uh, got your accredited land consultant like myself fellow ALC in 2011 I was there when you were awarded your pen and got to make your presentation and uh, for the listening audience out there uh, we're about, uh, I think we've gone up to a little over, right around 1,600 members now. Is that correct? We actually, uh, for the first time in the last 20 years, we actually just surpassed the 1,500 15. mark uh, okay. earlier this week, in fact. Really? So we're now, I think, at 1,502 members. Wow. So this is a timely show for that. Uh, and of that, we have a little over 500 uh uh, members that have achieved the uh, designation is what it's called. I call it a degree. It feels like a daggum college degree. 
but uh, but uh, with with the requirements and, and the work involved. But uh, uh, we have a little over 500 accredited land consultants scattered around the United States. So I'm proud proud about that too. Um, and and you know, just briefly, just just uh, outline what it takes to get your ALC designation, if you would, Kyle. Yeah, it's uh, it's 104 hours worth of education that you have to go through. There's uh, three required courses and three electives that you need to take over a span of uh, five years. You also have to um, put together a portfolio that indicates what you've done on uh, $10 million worth of land transactions during that same time frame. So it's not just a education, it's not just a class that you take that you get this designation, it's also implementing that education into the work field, taking it out and actually using it and showing that you are selling uh, volume. Uh, this is not an easy designation to obtain, but it's very rewarding and definitely sets you apart from your competition in your areas. We also offer fast tracks uh, to this designation, which basically says if you're a uh, certified um, you know, farm manager, uh, an accredited farm manager or a real estate, uh, certified real estate appraiser, uh, there's potential there as well to take some of our required courses and still obtain your ALC designation. And I'll just put one quick uh, plug here that this designation is the oldest designation that's uh, recognized by the National Association really? of Realtors. I didn't know that. That's uh, Wow, I learned something today, as I do every day. Wow, that's yeah, incredible. So it, it's the first recognized one by the National Association of Realtors. We're proud of that. They see it as a very... Uh, you know, basically the beginning. Everything starts with the land, and that's kind of where we started as well. Uh, even NAR uh, started with the land, and that's why that was the first designation out there. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, we also have some other things at Fast Track, too. You can go to our website. Uh, if you guys are out there and want to go to www.rliland.com, uh, do so. If you're driving, please don't, but, uh, you know, you can come back to it. And you can see what it takes. There's other CCIM, uh, the commercial designations, fast track. And uh, last year, I believe it was, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, we now have a flip where uh, if you're an ALC, you can fast track the CCIM designation. So That, uh, that is correct. Yep. CCIM recognized uh, the efforts that RLI has made with the fast track, and they have reciprocated that. And so now... Uh, RLI members, uh, especially the ALC designation members, have the ability to fast track into a CCIM designation as well. Yeah. And uh, I think the requirement still is $10 million in sales. Uh, has to be uh, certified. That's either the list side, the sales side, or the dual side. Uh, Correct. And yeah, and that has to be submitted. Uh, each of our courses, and I, I'm very privileged, Kyle, um, when the LAM 101 class came out, um, I had never attended a state convention or a national convention, and we had the mid-year, and we'd always have the RLI group convention in a convention at the mid-years and the, uh, and the nationals, and I attended quite a few. Uh, but anyway, the first one, uh, uh, Dale Fulp, who was, I was president of our chapter, the Carolinas chapter at the time, and Dale Fulp, uh, LLC, uh, was my vice president, and my board told us that we needed to go and represent North Carolina. And uh, we had saved up about $1,800 in our budget, and they said, you can have 1500 of it, and you cover the rest. But uh, I called RLI to find out what we needed to do, and I found out that if we came a day early to the conference and set through a, uh, a full day's class, uh, the new class, LAM 101, we'd be certified to teach it. So uh, Dale and I did that, not knowing. I've never taught it. I never even taught so Sunday school. But we did, and... Uh, been privileged to uh, teach that class through our chapters uh, since 2003 uh, when it came out. By the way, we have, I believe, Kyle, 18 chapters around the United States. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it changes uh, every once in a while. We'll have a chapter that uh, merges with another one or has another one formed, but I think that is correct as of right now. Okay. Our guest today is Kyle Hansen. This is Let's Talk Land. Hey, our sponsor is landhub.com. 
view thousands of properties for sale on landhub.com. So Kyle, you know, uh, like I was saying, I'm very honored and privileged. I don't even know how many classes. I think I've taught 40-some in San Diego, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Nebraska. taught one last year in Oklahoma, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and, of course, all over North Carolina. But, uh, you know, what, wasn't Land 101 the first class that you were involved with? The Randy Hertz was the instructor. Yeah, I was very fortunate that uh, after I got hired with Hertz at my – broker, yeah. Randy Hertz, uh, son of our founder, Carl, he actually was a, a teacher and still is for Land 101, and uh, the class was being taught here in Iowa, so I attended, and it was my first uh, RLI class and RLI experience, but what uh, what got me was the camaraderie, and the entire RLI organization is strong about camaraderie, working together, and I met a, some individuals in that class that um, I, I still am in contact with today. And in fact, uh, one of the individuals, uh, Zurich and I, we got our ALCs together the same year. And then Zurich and I actually continued to visit and we helped a mutual client sell uh, 1,900 contiguous acres in Missouri for wow. a little over 5 million here a few years ago. And it's that's what the camaraderie does is you find those individuals that you work well with that you can do. And it, it all started at one of those educational classes. And, um, you know, so I'd highly recommend anyone that's looking to do deals, start going to an RLI uh, educational class, start meeting the attendees because those are the individuals that are rocking and rolling in the industry and can get it done. Well, you know, our chapters around the country, which is also on the WWWRLI land website, uh, they have functions, too. Uh, some chapters are more uh, organized and have more bits, but those are open to anyone, too. I'm going to tell you something else. I've, I had three calls today from fellow ALCs. Uh, two of them were referrals, and one of them was a project that, uh, uh, that, uh, that's uh, kind of complicated. They were looking for some advice, and uh, it's, it's incredible. I, I probably get three to five, I'll do three to five deals a year with a, with an RLI member or an ALC. Um, and these realtors, they, it's, it's, it's a national statistic I've heard, is the more land, or the more, I'm sorry, the more real estate education you get, these are the people that produce the more. You know, we say 10% uh, to 90% uh, of the brokerage business in the United States. And uh, so for you guys out there that are just starting in real estate or uh, been around for a long time, you know, look at uh, the, the designations, the CCIMs, the GRI, the SOIRs, the IRMs, these specialties we call specialists. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's important. And the other thing that I've observed over the years, uh, Don Bell's a great example, our, our chapter president in Nashville. Uh, he's with a firm that has, uh, I believe, three offices and over 360 agents. He's the only one in the organization that's had land education. So guess what, Kyle? All these agents, because our code of ethics, our Articles 11, says we really should not be involved in a real estate transaction, that you do not have the proper training or education, and then it names out commercial real estate, uh, residential real estate, appraisal. And I'm going to be braggadocious. I'm the one that instigated when Gloria Bowman was our national, uh, uh, our CEO, uh, to include land as a specialty. It never was. I'd go to these conferences. And I'd say, uh, you know, why isn't land a special? Well, it's under commercial. That's all I would ever hear. And I said, well, yeah, you got commercial land. But, you know, the majority of the United States is, is rural land. <laughs> it's land. So, uh, right. you know, so we got that uh, in, in our code of ethics in 2010 in San Diego. I was there when they, uh, the board of directors approved that. So, uh, so we are a specialist. But anyway, um, I just want to give a little bit more about your background, if I may. So you were president. You, you moved up quick. You, you've been a star. Um, and by the way, Randy Hertz uh, was our national president, too, a number of years ago. So you're, you two are part of the unique group of, of, our, of our national presidents. But you were president of the Iowa chapter, which is one of the oldest chapters in RLI, uh, from 2012 to 2013. And then you received the Land Broker of the Year in Iowa. Congratulations. 
and the RLI chapter 2013 uh, is the uh, chairman and spokesman for the RLI Land Trends and Values Committee. D tell me what that is. I'm familiar, but tell our listening audience, what is the Iowa RLI Land Trends and Value Committee? Yeah, so that committee is part of our RLI chapter. Okay. And I headed it up, and what we do is we survey land brokers, <laughs> land real estate agents, um, appraisers, as well as bankers and financial institutions that are heavily into agriculture every six months and ask them what their take on the market is. We compile all that data and every six months we release the results of that to give an indication of what direction the land market is going. So we may see that the market is up uh, you know, a half a percent for six months indicating a very steady market. Uh, we may see that high quality lands up three, medium steady and low-quality uh, low ground is uh, falling off. So we may be able to identify different uh, directions that different uh, qualities of land are going. Hmm. And so it's a very uh, valuable tool, uh, not just for our members, but also for the general public to understand the health and wealth of the agricultural market here in Iowa. Um, so it's very, very important. And uh, again, it's a percentage of what is happening over a six-month span. And that's released every March and every September, is that correct? That is correct, yes. And how do you disseminate that information? Well, we get it to, uh, we've got probably um, 30 or 40 media outlets that we send that information to. It gets uh, published um, around the state pretty heavily as well as the region. But you can also access it from the uh, Iowa chapter's uh, website as well so you can you can go onto their website and be able to get that information and that uh, website is rliiowachapter.com okay so and so it's, it's, it's got all the information actually it's got uh, the trends dating back like 15 years if i remember correct back to 2003 so 17 years wow that's a lot of good information now, the, the, the national, we've got some stats on that later in the show, is the USDA, and uh, they publish every July uh, an overview of our croplands uh, by percentage of gain or loss. It's quite comprehensive, and uh, that's, that's what I've always gone to, uh, you know, as a source. Uh, of course, I'm not in Iowa, but it's always interesting to see what's going on uh, around the country in terms of, because, you know, every little piece adds up. So it's uh, some places are up, some places are down, some places are neutral. But it's always a, a great thing. Now, several years ago, we, uh, been, uh, I don't remember the exact year, but we started within our RLI organization uh, the Future Leaders Committee of the National uh, RLI uh, Organization. And you chaired that for 2015 and 16. And guess what? You're our national president. 2020 so you know and, and I am so pleased uh, with a group of uh, young young guys actually and we have a lot of young gals in there too landladies I call them uh, in our organization that are just incredible uh, uh, brokers land brokers but um, uh, you know that's uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that committee yeah the future leaders committee really was started <coughs> excuse me uh, to kind of think of technology and how to draw um, the best from both worlds, the experience from our seasoned agents as well as the uh, enthusiasm and the technology from our younger agents and how we can make that better for our organization as a whole. And so that, uh, that's how that committee had started, was just trying to look at the broader picture and bringing everybody together um, and making it uh, work easy, you know, be smarter in how you work, not, uh, uh, you know, making it hard on yourselves. So trying to trying to work a little easier uh, and more efficient. And so it's, it's worked out well. In fact, we've had a lot of great ideas from the video libraries uh, at the RLI uh, website that you can video and see some of the different segments that are out there, um, but also some of the technology that's come into our organization. Um, it all come through that future leaders uh, committee. So it's a it's a great great committee to have. There are a lot of uh, you know individuals that have some big thoughts 
and uh, bringing them all together into one war room, so to speak, and having them really hash out kind of direction and what they think uh, is needed. It, it's pretty fun to watch and see how that uh, that group works together. We also have a podcast now. I was one of the uh, uh, guests uh, uh, several months ago. Uh, talking about what does it take to be a land broker. I don't know that I did such a good job of it, but it was a lot of fun. It's like doing this show. But, uh, you know, again, there's so much stuff on that WWRLI land, uh, especially for the agents out there. Uh, that's why I'm doing this show. There's no, Hey, why is there no land education in our industry? You know, uh, other than the Realtors Land Institute, and, of course, our land classes are par above, well, they're basically the only uh, organized uh, classes. Uh, I created in North Carolina, Kyle, uh, we have to have eight hours of continuing education, and there's 112-plus thousand real estate licensed agents in this state, which is crazy. But uh, uh, of that eight hours, four is required and four is elective, and there's over 300 course titles, uh, but it's all houses. And about five years ago, I went through our uh, NC REAP, North Carolina Real Estate Education Foundation, uh, went before the, uh, uh, the, the board members and, and, and proposed that we create a land uh, education class for CE, uh, which they helped me do, and I now own the rights to it. But I've, I am the only land instructor with the only land education class at the CE level in the state of North Carolina. And I guarantee you, uh, Kyle, because I've heard this around, because I talk to people all over the country, but there's not a state that I can find that has a structured, organized, uh, certified real estate commission education class on land. Why is that? Well, I think it's just because, uh, well, you start looking at the uh, percentages, uh, Lou. Um, there's, what, 1.4 million realtors uh, as part of the uh, National Association of Realtors. And the land, you know, division, the commercial land division of RLI uh, is 1,500 members. Right, I know. So we're, we may... Uh, be very small in numbers of membership. It's just not something that's looked at very often. But I tell you what, uh, I, you know, going to our Apex Awards program that we started a few years ago at our land conferences, last year we had 105 applicants in that awards program, and those 105 applicants accounted for $2.6 billion in land sales. Wow. Just 105 of our members, $2.6 billion. Well, I just closed one for 1.2, so maybe I'll put my name in the pot next year. <laughs> and that sounds great. You know, just the amount of, uh, you know, just the sales numbers of, that our agents are handling, it deserves to have some classes and some, uh, you know, more education available and you know right now we are the ones that are offering it and uh, there are some state chapters that are definitely uh, working with their state associations to provide that land uh, classes i know here in iowa we've worked on a land ethics class Good. as well as a ag law class uh, to get continuing ed for our uh, educational requirements Good for you. here well, i'm glad to hear that because it's awful disappointing uh, to me, anyway, I'm very sensitive, obviously. And that's the reason I do this radio talk show. It's free land education. Where, where are you going to get education unless you join RLI? Uh, I mean, this, yep. there just isn't. It's not in our, it's not in our, uh, our colleges or universal, university uh, curriculums. Uh, you know, definitely it's not in high school. Uh, of course, I've had uh, the Future Farmers of America and the 4-H Club. And, God, it's amazing the education that they provide. It's not real estate, but it's land. Uh, and thank God for them, uh, just incredible organizations. And I'm trying to get some of the other uh, youth uh, organizations that uh, help, the, uh, help the young folks and learn about our wonderful gift from God. So, uh, hey, just a real quick, uh, your history show you as a crop scout. I'm an Eagle Scout. <laughs> I hadn't heard the word crop scout. Yeah, as a crop scout, uh, basically my first job out of college was to was in southwest Kansas, and I walked uh, fields. I actually looked at the condition of the crops and inspected for weeds and insect pressure and gave a report and recommendation on how to handle that to the landowners. Kyle, we're going to break here. This is uh, Kyle Hansen, 
my buddy ALC and national uh, president for 2020. And this is Let's Talk Land. And our sponsor is LandHub.com. Looking to sell your land, try LandHub.com. So, Cal, you know, you, we were talking about you being a crop scout, and then you became an agronomist and then an agricultural lender. Uh, how did that all lead you to where you are today? Yeah, it was a, a unique start being a crop scout, scouting the 10,000 acres a week, and um, I end up moving from there back to, from southwest Kansas back to Iowa, where I originally grew up, and was an agronomist. But what it did was it really gave me an understanding of the land, the fertilizer that's needed for crop production, the value that goes into it, as well as the hard work of the farmers. I mean, I grew up on a farm. I knew how hard my dad worked. But until you uh, are out there, you're selling it, you're seeing the numbers, it's really difficult. And so I had the opportunity to go from an agronomist to an agricultural lender at a local bank and did that for a couple years and just happened to, uh, during that time, find the love of my life and my wife, and she had moved. And I was like, all right, I'm either going to be commuting an hour to my bank uh, to continue to do this or I'm going to find something different. And it actually brought me right to Hertz. Um, and so visiting with the organization, I realized that that was uh, an organization that I wanted to be a part of. Oh, definitely. And so they hired me as a real estate agent with no real estate license. My what? first uh, six weeks of being a realtor, I spent in real estate classes uh, trying wow. to get my license. So, but it it really just added to the foundation. Sure. Uh, all of that has given me the knowledge uh, from what it takes to put an acre of corn in the ground, not just the actual products, uh, but also the revenue that it takes, the amount of money and sweat that it takes to do it, and how to make that work for my clients. So either investment or liquidations or even acquisitions, all of it, uh, I've got a base knowledge of that I can build off of to better uh, support my clients and their goals. Yeah, you can walk the walk and you can talk the talk. I mean, there's nothing like practical experience. You can read every daggum textbook or watch every podcast or YouTube or, you know, but uh, hands-on, that, that's where you learn. That's what builds your foundation, or at least in my generation. Uh, you know, so. It's still true today, Lou. Um, you have to be able to understand what you're doing and how it affects uh, your clients. Um, the decisions that you're making uh, and helping them make are very, uh, you know, strong. And I should say, there's a lot of money behind those decisions. You screw up, you could really hurt your clients. Absolutely. And you were kind of alluding to that earlier, saying that you know. We have our code of conduct that we should be following. We need to be experts in our fields. And so that continued education is important to me. Uh, but it also, uh, I know that if I'm not the expert, I need to turn that over. Absolutely. Um, I just moved earlier this year, and I did not sell my own home as a realtor. Really? I had someone that was in the residential market Good sell my house for me. There you go. And it's... And that's you know, appropriate. It's a referral. Yeah, that's I want you to sell my home. Yep. I'll take a referral, and um, just like anything else, I don't do houses on a daily basis. Could I have done my own? Absolutely. But the job was that I wanted it done right, and I wasn't going to screw it up myself and have it on me. I was going to hire someone to do it that knew what they were doing. Yeah. And so that's the same approach that I take even in my business uh, here at Hertz, if it's something that I think somebody else is better suited to do a better job at, then I'm going to recommend uh, these leads to call a residential realtor to sell a house in five acres because they're the ones that are able to show it and get the right people there. I'm more selling, you know, 40 to uh, 160 acre parcels, and in some cases you have multiple 160 acre parcels that you're selling uh, for a client. Uh, you know, we had a client uh, last year that we sold uh, almost 2,000 acres for. We had 15 tracts of land that we sold. And so you, you get the whole gamut, but we specialize in agricultural land sales, and we'll refer the other sales to other clients that, or other agents that we respect in their own trade. So let's talk about the Hertz Farm Management and Hertz Real Estate Services, because uh, 
that's the subject of our show today, and very important yeah. organization. Uh, and there are very so, few. There are very few uh, organizations out there that uh, provide the services that you do. Probably, uh, well, uh, there might be one that I can even think of that you might compete with uh, in some respect. But uh, you guys really uh, have a 360 view on this agricultural. Yeah, we have three stools. We like three legs to our stool of our company. Uh, we have the farm management side, the real estate side, as well as the certified appraisal side of our business. Okay. And we try to take all of that and wrap it up. There is a, you know, it obviously started with farm management. That's the base of our company. That's where we got our first beginnings with uh, Carl Hertz founding the company. That was in, 1945, uh, 1945. Yeah. And he found a need uh, that uh, the company uh, he was actually approached and said, you know what, we were just gifted. This was from an educational institution that was gifted land uh, to be used and uh, take the income from the land each and every year from rental and use it towards scholarships and other things. But the university didn't know what to do with it. And uh, so starting off, um, we've identified that there's absentee landowners that inherit ground from their parents, that have gone off and done their own thing in life. They've become uh, successful in whatever they are doing, and they've inherited this farm ground. Now they own it, and they don't know the day in and day out operations or how to manage it. And that's where our management company comes in. Okay. We can keep that farmland owned in the family and provide them a quarterly report as well as an annual uh, financial statement that can easily be used to, uh, along with their CPA for their tax returns and the family farm stays in the family. That's where we like to have it. We like to work with the tenants and make that landowner tenant relationship strong so you have a good solid bond for years to come. And uh, it's all about relationship, whether you're talking uh, landowner and tenant, or if you're talking a farm manager, landowner, tenant, or just within agents. It's all relationship-driven within real estate. Now, just just clarify this for me. It's just, um, I'm not an expert in this, but uh, when uh, Mr. Hertz, Carl Hertz, uh, founded this, um, uh, it was mostly farmers, ind independent farmers. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, back then, uh, great a greater percentage of our population, uh, you know, we're agriculture country, and you know, here in North Carolina, it's it's like our third largest uh, income is ag. But uh, over the years, the institutions, the uh, the investors world, uh, the Wall Street world, uh, the portfolio world, uh, they have gotten more involved in timber management and farmland management and uh, animal management. Uh, and uh, so, what percentage would you say? is still the old individual farm management versus the institution? Well, right now, Lou, we've got uh, about 600,000 acres that we manage within our company. Wow. And we manage those for about 2,600 clients. So our average client owns about 230 acres. Okay. So we're not talking large institutional buyers on our, uh, within our company. There's definitely a lot of those institutional buyers in other states. Illinois, for example, allows for REITs to buy real estate investment trusts. Real estate trusts. investment trusts. Yeah. Um, there's several other states that do as well. Iowa is a little different, and Iowa has a uh, – they want to protect the family farm. Okay. And so in Iowa, each entity has to have 25 owners or less – to invest in farmland in Iowa. Interesting. So the investors here are really uh, still just individual buyers. Maybe there's a group of 20 to 25 that have gone together to buy a farm, but it's not the really large Wall Street uh, trusts that are buying here that may have thousands of owners in it. I got you. And so it's more of a state's philosophy here to, to help protect the family farms there's definitely institutional buyers, but again, our clients are averaging about 230 acres, roughly, uh, uh, for their operations. 
and it's not to say that we don't have some that are very large uh, landowners that we manage their properties for, but it just kind of shows to how personalized our attention is to their operation. Gotcha. Uh, so what is your management territory? Uh, what what areas do you do you, you guys? Come so in? our company is primarily based here in the heartland of the U.S. We run from basically western Indiana to eastern Colorado. Uh, we get into northern Kansas, but our our main headquarters is here in Iowa. Uh, we've got nine locations here in Iowa. We've got another uh, four in Illinois, and then we've got a couple in Nebraska. And uh, so we are uh, right here in the heartland. Uh, in the Midwest, we do go into southern Minnesota as well. And so kind of cut from western Indiana to eastern Colorado, and we pretty much uh, have an office that can cover your needs. So I'm licensed in North Carolina and Virginia. Uh, if, if, would you guys, if someone in our area wanted your services, uh, would you, could you provide that, or you kind of just draw the lines? No, we we would prefer not to, just because again, it's getting back to that code of ethics. We're not the expertise over in Virginia or North Carolina. If someone's to call us and say we want your services, we feel like they are entrusting us, and we would turn around and say, you know what, we're not really the experts in that area, but here is who we would recommend you contact. And so we would turn around and refer that to somebody in that area, someone that can knows that market better. Um, we, we are strong believers in knowing your location and being experts uh, there. I'm not going to uh, you know, tell someone that I could do that and be out of the area and not understand that market. No, that's important. you got to know your market. Uh, wow. So, uh, but for our listening audience that, that's outside of your market area, there are organizations in the in the farm area, the farm, you know, we're farm area too. Uh, in fact, most of the United States is, uh, even, you know, California too. But but uh, there are organizations that provide uh, similar services in terms of farm management. Is that correct? That's correct. Just go ahead and do a little research. I'm sure you'd be able to find some uh, in your area. One good area to look is the American Society of Farm Managers and Rural Appraisers. Um, They are a national organization very similar to RLI, uh, but they're on the management side and real property, real uh, real estate appraisers. You could definitely look their website as well to identify someone in your area that can assist in a farm management need. You know, we, we always prefer to assist and help keep the farms in the family with our management. But obviously, you get to a point, and Lou, you probably have seen this in your market. Uh, as we go on, the majority of our clients uh, are estates and heirs where that have multiple ownership. Sure. Um, I've had transactions that have included uh, 15 owners on a piece of land. And it gets to a point where sometimes it's just not manageable uh, within the family. Uh, to retain ownership, and then we have the ability in our real estate department to advise and help uh, determine the best method to liquidate their asset and follow them, follow it through the entire transaction. You know, our my goal is to make a transaction um, as low stress as possible on the family. It's already emotional enough that you're selling a farm that you've uh, had and that's been in the family for, you know, in in a lot of situations for decades. Uh, It's an emotional decision to do already. So my job is to make it as easy as possible and, again, advise the best that I can. Every transaction is unique to that person, and that's why it deserves a unique perspective and the personal attention that it does deserve. Yeah, by the way, uh, uh, I don't know the exact podcast, but you can go to the, the, my master website, letstalkland.net. We're also on Spotify and Podbean. But I actually interviewed last year, I think it was, uh, the uh, national president for the American Farm Management. And it's quite a show, and they really go into detail of the services. You're exactly right. That's the place to go. So check out our podcast and if you want to learn more about them. Um, Let's let's take the three legs, the three stools, the stool legs, and talk about each one for a little bit. 
can we start off with uh, the farmland real estate uh, part of the organization? Yeah, our farmland real estate, you know, it's, you know, in one way or another, your connection to the land is, you know, you know, brings you to uh, maybe our organization or another organization to look at. But whatever your relationship is to the land, um, we understand that it's a, you know, it's not just finances. It's also knowing and having that emotional uh, worth of the property. So our real estate, we um, typically will have uh, about a $350 million transaction a year. So we, we do a fair amount, um, usually selling between three and 350 transactions um, a year all over our, the Midwest. Um, we continue to improve our real estate division. This year we actually, with uh, some of the things that have happened with the pandemic, um, you know, the online services, online auctioneering, uh, a lot of that has become a little bit more prevalent. And so we're trying to implement that even into our uh, real estate. And we are proud to have our uh, an auction here uh, this week that was very successful all online. And so that that's a new unique aspect of the real estate business that is um, – it's new. It's very similar to what we were talking about earlier in the podcast regarding uh, auctions, how it changed in 2008, 9, and 10 as right. the market was going up. Right. Now we're seeing not just live auctions, but now online auctions. I'm actually, and, doing, I'm actually doing my first online auction in November. It's running right now uh, to conclude November 25th. It's 21 acres sold as a 6-acre track and a 15-acre track. In Stanley Town, Virginia, which is just uh, west of Martinsville, uh, part of the Stanley Furniture, I've been liquidating the uh, Levin Heirs uh, real estate holdings uh, now for, this will be the last, and I'll be done with them over 40-some transactions. But uh, it's, it's my first online auction that I'm, that I'm joint venturing with one of our sister companies in uh, Virginia. So I'm anxious to see, because I've done quite a few auctions, you know, as a realtor representative with Dale Folk, actually, uh, who's a... Uh, RLI and, uh, and also a, uh, uh, a auctioneer. So we've done quite a few over the years. So I'm anxious to see how that works out. Yeah, if it, I hope you have the success we did. We uh, did a really we did a, a broadcast of having an auctioneer actually call the bids as they came in really? online. That's interesting. So we did a timed one. So it started at 10 o'clock, and we went through the rules and uh, terms and conditions of the auction and then the people were able to bid by our app or by uh, their computers uh, on the properties and it was actually uh, oh let's see there was uh, about a total of I want to say 240 acres or real close to it that mm -hmm. was offered in three different parcels okay. and we offered something called choice with privilege so the top bidder got to decide if they wanted one parcel yep. a combination of the parcels or all of them done that before and we were able to sell those uh, farms all within about uh, 35 to 40 minutes, uh, all online. People could watch the auctioneer, and the auctioneer was just crying out the bids as they were coming in on the computer. What a great car. And I have to it was that. a great, uh, great way to feel the auction experience that you would in the audience live in person uh, and still have the technology availability to bid. Is that a first? I haven't heard of that. Is that something yeah, you we kind of especially made that. We kind of took a product that was out there and uh, kind of tweaked it a little bit to allow for that uh, service. It's something that um, we've been utilizing here the last couple of years is that uh, choice with privilege. When you have very similar type of quality or properties, um, you know, it worked really well for uh, maybe a subdivision that you have a, to liquidate uh, some lots. You know, you've got uh, one subdivision that you've got uh, 15 lots. They're all fairly similar in size. You hold an auction. Top bidder gets to decide what lot they want. Or lots. Yeah, or if they want all of them. Yeah. So I'm going to plagiarize that one, Kyle. Side, that's, uh, we offered lots of different ways. And as you can tell, we're, we're trying to be as innovative uh, as we can. A lot of people think real estate's pretty same old same old you know uh, that's list exciting and sell, list and sell but there's a lot of things that uh can make the 
auction experience a lot better for everybody and the sales experience and that's just the tools that we have in our toolbox um and so we try to think outside the box and try to find something that works best for each and every property i love it this is a highlight of your show today kyle i love this i'm going to plagiarize it (laughs) yeah that's right it's a it's just you never know uh not every property is uh good for an auction so we we take the necessary time to give a good thorough understanding i tell a lot of my clients i may tell you stuff you don't want to hear about your own property but i'm gonna tell you the but truth we have to be realistic yeah. in what we're doing yeah i'm gonna tell you the truth you may not like it that's what i always say uh anything else on the real estate side if we want to move into the farm management well i, I would be remiss if i didn't talk about our um you know sale leasebacks as well okay. as uh Working with 1031 exchange companies, 1031s are extremely important uh, to be able to move one asset from a location to another. Um, You know, definitely look into 1031 tax-free exchanges. Should actually is tax-deferred exchanges. Nothing gets free anymore. Nope. Uh, But uh, look into that when you're doing a land transaction, as it can save on taxes. And then one quick thing is a sale leaseback. That's another tool that we have where uh, owners that may need to raise capital will uh, you know, have the opportunity to sell and lease the farm back from the new owner. So we try to identify investors that are willing to purchase individual properties uh, in that situation and kind of get a little better rate of return for that investor to work with the existing landowner who wishes to farm that very unique tool definitely something that we're willing to uh, work with uh, and help uh, you know existing uh, operators get a little extra cash if they that is needed so let me just for, clarify that for our audience so if I just went out and and lease some land uh, you know that's one thing but at least purchase you can charge it's just like under financing uh, you may have a bank rate let's just use five percent but if you're under financing generally you know, you can command uh, 6% maybe, a little bit higher because of the accommodation. So that's that's the, the, the mechanism you're talking about, right? Yeah, it's very similar to that. This way would be, say, a farmer owns 80 acres, and he goes, you know what, I want to just have a little bit more cash. I want to sell this 80 acres to an investor, but I want to continue farming it. Sure. So I'm willing to either take a, uh, you know, sell it at market price, and then I will pay a fair cash rent, and they'll get a certain rate of return. And you have all of that identified uh, before the ink is dried. You know, so that's the benefit is that uh, a farmer can potentially liquidate an asset to have additional cash on hand without losing control of the farming rights of that farm. Right, and they may just do a portion of their uh, holdings and maintain exactly. the ownership. So that, that helps them generate some immediate cash. Great, great plan. Well, I'm loving it. You're doing some good job here today. Uh, I'm learning some good stuff, and of course, I knew I would interviewing you, Kyle. Uh, how about the uh, Hertz Farm Management? Let's talk about that. Yeah, we've talked about the management a little bit. Um, you know, we specialize each and every lease uh, for our clients. Clients can be as as hands-on as they want to be. We've got some clients that want to still do 50-50 crop share or some type of modified crop share where it's a 75-25 split, however it may be, but they are still having some of that grain that needs to be marketed. And some of our clients really enjoy the marketing aspect of agriculture, and we allow them the opportunity to do that with that, uh, you know, crop share leases. Um, Some of our clients say, send me a, uh, a financial report at the end of the year, and that's as much as I want to, you know, do. I want to keep the farmland that my parents worked or my grandparents worked so f- hard for. I want to keep that in the family, but I want you guys to handle the day-to-day operation and just tell me how the farm's doing at the end of the year. Perfect. You know, so you can get the extremes of how you do it, and we customize that because it starts with, this is your land. You tell us how you want it to be managed. If you want us to put in a, a more conservation than what's currently there, we will make recommendations to do that. And, uh, again, you got to be able to keep the soil where it is, whether it's wind erosion, water erosion. Um, you, have to, you have to have some management to keep it where it's at. And keep, and keep it uh, – it's, it's a living organism. you got to keep it alive and, and maintain it That's properly. Right. You, 
the the soil health is uh, very important. And so it's not just important to you as a landowner, but also important to us as the a manager for yeah. your property. And the environment. Too. We want it to be that way. We don't want it to uh, lose its fertility. We want to make sure it's as profitable as it can be. So we're going to make recommendations for that uh, to our owners. And so that's the management, again, is the largest portion of our company. Um, that's what we were started on. And, again, we, we continue to try and find new ways to uh, accommodate the changing times. And so that's where you get some of those modified crop shares. It's not necessarily just a 50-50 or a cash rent. There's things in between that can generate a little better return for our clients. With just a couple minutes left, let's hit the appraisal and expert, the agricultural real estate division. You know, as we move on uh, in our current time here of agriculture, uh, as you know, lending is uh, getting more strict on re requirements and stuff. Our appraisal department, especially certified appraisals, uh, has been extremely busy over the last several years. Uh, most of our certified appraisers. They're booked anywhere from six to eight weeks out on wow. new projects, uh, almost consistently. Um, lenders need to know, uh, you know, families are having things appraised for estate purposes. You get individuals that are just updating their books. And so the certified appraisals um, are very important, a good way for people to understand exactly what's happened on their farm and an exact dollar amount of what their farm is worth. A lot of real estate agents, uh, myself included, we can do broker's opinion of value, which are cheaper than the certified appraisers, appraisals that you might get. And, you know, it's just our opinion. This is my opinion of what your farm is worth based on uh, sales. So certified appraisers, um, you know, those hold up a lot more in court because of the extensive education that they have to have. Um, to get that certification. And so um, that, that's just a, a, a good tool, a good option for people that are calling in saying, you know, I need to have a value of this. You know, our next question is, what's the purpose? Do you need to have it certified? Because it's definitely, uh, it's worth the extra money uh, to have it certified and have it more rock solid than a broker's opinion of value. Yeah. Not all the time does a certified appraisal be needed, uh, which a broker's opinion value is just perfectly fine, and I do a lot of them. Um, and it's, again, just giving owners the avenue. But it kind of ties in that last missing spot for the agricultural industry yeah, from management. Overall. you got to know what the farm is worth. You have to be able to manage it. And if you have to liquidate or you're trying to acquire, then you've got the real estate side as well. So that's why we have focused on those three aspects of agriculture, and those are the three legs of the stool of our company. So on your website, just to end the session here, uh, you provide for state purposes, charitable donations, family gifting, equitable division of farmland, asset management, selling and purchasing, liquidation, and for large real estate holdings. So uh, give us, uh, uh, how, how do people get in contact with you, Kyle? Yep, you can reach me at kylehh at hertz.ag. You can call me at 515-382-1500. And you can also visit our webpage, www.hertz.ag, H-E-R-T-Z dot ag. Lou, I appreciate being on the call today oh, and being a, your guest. It's uh, always a pleasure visiting with you, sir. My pleasure to receive. I got one question, last question. How old are you? I just turned 43. Wow. you got a long future ahead of you, and congratulations. You're quite a gift to uh, not only our RLI organization, but I'm sure the uh, Hertz organization cherishes you and your customers. So you've been quite a guest today, and thank you for sharing your knowledge. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we would appreciate them. All questions are welcome, and all of our guests may be emailed with your questions as well. It'll be on the Let's Talk Land website, their email address. This show is for the public and most important for real estate agents who do not have a source of land education. All of our shows are downloaded after the show this morning on the uh, master website, www.letstalkland.net. You can also find us on Spotify and Podbeam. 
And you can get in touch with me at Lou, L-O-U, at mylandpro.com. My cell number is 336-669-1405. And our sponsor is landhub.com. If you're looking to buy or sell land, landhub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide. Rodney, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website. Go to WKT1090.com. And also they can download the simple radio app. Is it really simple? It is simple, simple. And it goes. Shadow can even do no it. No way. Shadow. Yes. Wow. My doggy. Hey, listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we only play, we play beach music and oldies, but we only play. Happy what? music. Uh, if you want to be happy. you got to listen to us. And download that if you're outside our market area. That's right. And you can listen to it anywhere. And we got some nice awards. Yeah, five years in a row being the top beach and oldies radio station of the year. On the East Coast? On the East Coast, that's right. All the way up and all the way down? All the way up. And, and you got a down. nice award recently? Yeah, last year for the Reader's Choice Award for Announcer of the Year. The what? The Announcer of the Year. How do you say that? Announcer. You try it. You're <laughs> going to be in the running <laughs> maybe this year. Announcer of the Year. <laughs> that's it. See? You hey, stay it. tuned for Dr. Barbie. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> 